Reba plots her next move. Darth Vader enters the fray and more as the Sky Guys are back to recap part three of Obi-Wan Kenobi. We are back here. The Sky Guys are back for part three of Obi-Wan Kenobi, a very fun episode dropped today on Disney+. Plus. Uh, 40 minutes of excitement, 40 minutes of Obi-Wan and a lot of Darth Vader. So I'm one of your hosts, Mike Phillips. Also, it'd be the name is voice you hear the narration every single week. Pete Considori. Pete, how are you? Darth Vader returns. I'm excited. Uh, part three, we're going to be talking about it. A little news as well. So thanks for having again. Glad to see you guys here another week talking about star wars absolutely also with us today uh the leader of the path nick freya is here nick how are you doing great um and we saw darth vader again wasn't that cool and it wasn't just like oh he was in a scene like we, we you know we got a lot of vader and it was awesome to see it makes me wonder why we haven't gotten more vader yet because it seems like something they can clearly do it is something they can do. We'll probably talk more about that as we get into this. As you mentioned here, we are recording episode three. Quick turnaround from the first two episodes they dropped on Friday. We are here today. If you like what you're listening to here on the Sky Guys, Pete, they can subscribe on these podcast feed with Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, all the usual suspects. Just search for the Sky Guys there because if you follow this on the main Just in the Suffering feed, you're waiting a few days extra to get this episode. So why wait? Subscribe this one now and do it. Oh, 100%. You got to make sure that you're uh, on the feed. You got to make sure you're subscribed so you can get that up to date right then and there, live, almost live. We don't do a live um, updates. So definitely make sure you're subscribed. Absolutely. And Nick, they want to follow us on the Instagram. We have a lot of fun stuff going on there, too. At Sky Guys Podcast on Instagram. Um, yeah, a lot of good stuff, memes and, and links to these episodes and stuff like that, little clips from the episodes as well. Always a good time to follow us there. Absolutely. And we're going to also recommend here, if you like the see our faces in this thing and the fun graphics I make for this show, you can check out the YouTube version, Mike Phillips on YouTube, for the video version of this episode every week. And Pete, they get to see the fun leaderboard. We can see how we did with the uh, MVPs and LVPs so far. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm, I'm liking my draft so far. I'm liking it. However, it's, it's anyone's race at this point. It is. We'll get to that in a bit. But let's start off here. A little bit of Star Wars news, Nick. What do you have for us this week? So uh, some news we have. Well, first thing I want to point out immediately is the Moses Ingram stuff, which is the big talk of the tonight, even for Star Wars, it's talk of Hollywood at the point at the, the moment in time. Long story short, people are not happy with her performance. They're not happy with the character. And instead of just saying that amongst themselves or or, you know, keeping it to themselves or telling their friends, people have decided to attack her personally on the Internet and not only just attack her, attack her with racial slurs and, you know, with sexist slurs and um, stuff like that. You know what I mean? And um, that is not good. No, it's definitely not good because, I mean, we got to the point where the official Star Wars Twitter account put out a statement saying, hey, this is wrong. You guys, like, we don't need to be racist. There's more than, they put in their own turn. It's like, you don't need to, to be, like, hateful towards one another. They even had Ewan McGregor record a video message. A lot of the cast has been sharing support for her. And P, I think this is big progress considering the issues this franchise has had with race and diversity in the past, especially remember what happened to poor John Boyega and uh, Kelly Marie Tran at, after, after the end of The Last Jedi. I think it's nice to see them make progress in this area. 
hundred percent. I mean, bottom line is that shouldn't happen. Um, it's Moses Ingram. It shouldn't happen whatsoever. Um, it's one thing to not like the character and, and not think that the actor or actress did a good job in the movie. It's another thing to personally attack and, and even to take it as far as using racial um, slurs or even actually attacking someone for, for that's just, there's no room for it. Um, this is star Wars. This is the, one of the best franchises when it comes to fantasy movies, in my opinion, sci-fi movies, excuse me. There's, there's no room for it in any, any part of life. So it's really sad to see that that happened, but I'm really happy to see that the cast and crew and the majority of star Wars fans are behind Moses Ingram in this. Yeah, we are as well. And Nick, what else you got this week for the news? Um, so before, before we get there, though, I just want to give my touch on it personally. Sure. You know, I, I actually think a lot, I think a lot better of her, this episode, uh, uh, the character and the actress also, but before I thought she was doing awful too. And it's okay for me to tell that to you. And it's okay for me to tell that to Pete. And it's okay to say that on the air, but to attack someone personally and to use racist and sexist things against them, that, you know what I'm saying? That's the issue. I agree with so, that. Yeah, that, that's, you, you're like, you know, if a movie isn't good and you go to the movie, you can walk out and go, ah, that movie sucked. I thought the direction was horrible. The writing was horrible. It's okay to say, I thought the acting was horrible. That's allowed. But don't attack the actor personally. They're just, they're a person doing their best and doing their job. Yep. Now, some other news we have is uh, Ahsoka, which, <laughs> based on the pictures of Ahsoka, we haven't seen them yet. I don't know if you're going to drop a, any screen here. Well, I'm going to, I can give you some, I'll, if you give me full butts for a second, I can get some stuff up for you. All right. So Ahsoka is essentially going to be rebel season five. That's what we've learned from star Wars celebration, which I, it would have been, you know, it sounds awful to say this, but Kenobi could not have come out at a worse time possible in terms of my personal life with things I have going on. And in terms of celebration overlapping with it, it could have been so much better if Kenobi just like came started in like a month, but it's not. It's starting now. We would have cut. We would have done a lot of episodes on celebration. Not a lot, but we could have done an episode or two on celebration and then done with the show. But based on the pictures, Ahsoka looks like it's going to be Rebel season five. I don't know if you have it yet, Mike. Yeah, I'll have it in one second. In one second, while he's doing that, it's yeah. You see a picture of Sabine in live action. We got a live action Hera in a trailer that was shown only at celebration with a live the, action Chopper on the ghost and and the uh, the mural from the end of rebels is all there. So yeah, I'm that's gonna, what you're, that's what you're getting. You're getting season five of rebels. Yeah. I got that stuff right now. So this is from the main blog post. I'm just on the suffering with all the, so uh, the celebration wrap up there. If you want all that here. So they actually rolled out live action chopper at celebration. So didn't he look different in the show? A little. Yeah. He looked, I think this is well, any darker. I think he's a little, or am dark. I just wrong? I think he, it might be the lighting of that, of that venue as well. Yeah. Yeah. So like they brought him out he was beeping and booping on the stage. Everyone's excited about that. And, screenshot this is the infamous mural at the from the end of rebels that sabine makes this is the live action version of sabine looking at the mural so definitely fun to see that Pete, because we went not fun we, we did all the rebel season of the podcast oh absolutely i'm i'm totally excited for this and i we said it before like if ahsoka is anything but rebel season five I'd probably be disappointed um and they delivered as far as we can see yeah so nick we have to go back to the who's the live action zeb we still haven't figured that out yet no, I, and let's see if he shows it. Notice his head was cut off. Yes. They're not planning on showing him. Now, I'm sure they will. But what I'm noticing in this picture you're showing here is if you look right under the screen, maybe I'm mistaken here. Doesn't it look like there's a bunch of uh, beer kegs right there, like beer tabs? I think it's like you're looking at the stage underneath. Oh, that's a shame because I thought this was a bar that was showing this and that would have been a great time. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, <laughs> that would have been a great time. I'm excited because we can resurrect the chopper kill count for Ahsoka. That'll be a lot of fun. And Nick, if they want to catch up on all the Rebels stuff, we did four seasons of Rebels podcast. They can definitely go back in the archive, check those out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the other piece of news we have is the Bad Batch. So first off, we already spoke about this last week, but we have a we got the release date for Andor, which is going to be in um, August, the end of August. Now we're knowing that Bad Batch season two is coming and it is coming this year. And all we really know is the fall. So our assumption is that's going to be the in-between show between uh, Andor and Mando season three, which we're expecting around New Year's, February, maybe. Yeah, they said February for Mando. Yeah. Okay. So February. So we're going to see, you know, the fall, I would assume like October, maybe uh, November, maybe we'll start seeing bad batch episodes and then that'll probably take us into the new year. Yeah. They said 16 bad batch episodes. So they could do the split release thing if they want to do two months of couple months of bad batch and maybe group a couple together here, but they did, they did go to the trailer and P I did, I did say I'm a little excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the new armor is pretty cool or the new colors, I should say. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm excited for Bad Batch season two. I'm excited to see what they do with it. Um, I'm, I have to say I'm a little more excited for the live action stuff that's been announced. Not to say that Bad Batch is not going to be good, but I, I just, from a personal standpoint and preference standpoint, I'm really excited for the live action. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think what I'm most excited about is that we don't, you know, in between shows, it's kind of hard for us. We sit here and we're like, what do we do? We got to come up with an episode where at least three this month. What do we do? We don't really have to do that much anymore. We're going to have a little bit of a break between now and Endor, but pretty much from then until Ahsoka, we got something going on, it seems like, with all these other shows. And there was that, the other show, what was it called? The Tales of the Force? Is that Tales, Tales of the Jedi. Right? Tales of the Jedi, we have that. There's another season of Visions coming. There's there's Bad Bats, there's Ahsoka, there's Mando, there's Andor. All this was happening within the next two years. So we have tons of stuff to go over. Yep, absolutely. If you want the full rundown, you can go to that blog post. I'll link to it in the show notes so you can see everything that came out of the Celebration News. Let's get into the episode, though, because this was a fun one. And I want to do a general thought here in terms of before we get started here. So were you all surprised that we got this much Vader this early in the show? No. No, I, I wasn't. I, I I figured he'd have to be a big part of the show, so I'm glad it came in episode three and not uh, episode five. I thought we were going to wait one more episode. I thought we were going to have Vader show up, like physically appear at the very end of this episode and then tease the confrontation for next. I'm glad we got something here. Yeah, it just seems like this is like um, a lot of shows do like the split season things. Yeah. You know what I mean? This would be the mid-season finale. Yeah. So like this is when you're going to show Vader and you're going to get him involved. And then I'm assuming he'll take a backseat in at least one episode, possibly two. And we'll see him in either episode six or five and six. Yep. Absolutely. Let's get into the episode now. Part three air today on uh, streaming today on Disney plus and you get the open here you get the, this good cutting back and forth between Obi-Wan and, and Vader because Obi-Wan is on the transport he's trying to communicate with Qui-Gon unsuccessful once again we see Vader getting constructed I like this they, they did sort of this cutting back and forth between them uh Nick like we did at the end of the last episode yeah um really I don't know poetic I don't know <laughs> I don't, I'm not like a poetry person stuff like that but it was cool it was nice to see you know going back and forth with the two of them seeing the parallels you seeing you really see what vader's going through i mean like it's as a kid i always thought it was just like a suit that he put on like a costume like a halloween type of costume yeah. thing and the only thing that was really doing anything was up here like 
helping him breathe, but it's like a legit, his whole body is in the suit. Like it, it goes in his body. The, uh, the plate chest played and like, it's like, it's a lot more intense than I thought it was, which makes sense. I mean, look at how, how badly burned. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and Pete, like, that suit, like, that's probably the most detail we've ever seen Vader put together. They did a lot more, like, effort than they show in episode three, I and mean, they saw him being built for the first time. Like, it goes to show you, like, being Darth Vader is not fun. No, and I mean, I think in the comics and just in canon, they explain how, and, and Nick has talked about this ad nauseum, how it's a very uncomfortable suit, right? It's, it's, it's a very painful thing to be wearing that suit, and I think that's to keep Darth Vader powerful, maybe, maybe uh, to keep him aggravated. Um, but yeah, I, I like the intricacy of this. I like seeing all those little nuances and see how the suit literally goes into the body. Um, it makes sense if it's his life support. So it, it does make sense. And I, I'm glad they actually show it and shed a little bit more light. Obviously in episode three, we pretty much see him get welded together, right? With parts, but it was cool. It, it was cool. We do get final. We, after we leave, Obi-Wan, we get Vader. He found he's on his, in his castle on Mustafar. He gets a report in from Riva. Rear basically tries to pin the Grand Inquisitor's quote-unquote death because we still have not seen the body for sure. So she's basically pinning on Obi-Wan. And basically, Vader says, you know what? You know what the mission is. You get him. You get his chair. You get to the new Grand Inquisitor. So obviously, we know by the time of Rebels that she is not the Grand Inquisitor. So I did think it was fun that she basically has set herself up to try and become the leader of the pack here, Pete. Absolutely, and I have to agree with Nick's point from the beginning of the uh, the episode here. Much better performance by Moses Ingram, in my opinion, in this episode than episodes one and two. Um, I don't want to say episodes one and two, it was a forced performance. I think it was just the writing, but I think this one, it actually works pretty well for the character. Um, and it's brilliant, right? I mean, I it, we see later down the road in the episode how that kind of plays forward about uh, Riva trying to take the Grand Inquisitor spot and, and what's going on. But um, brilliant play to go right to Vader and and try to kind of overstep. I think with that kind of news, you can overstep, and Vader's not going to go wise in the Grand Inquisitor telling me this, right? So, um, yeah, great move by Riva. Yeah, great move by Riva and Nick. We go back now. We go to back to the place called Mapuzo, I think it is, and we see Obi Wan Leia land there, and then they have a conversation, and then we get this great shot where he's he and Leia are walking along the field. Obi Wan's talking about how. This planet used to be filled with families. The Empire decimated it. And then he sees a vision of a surly-looking Anakin Skywalker. And we this is the first real Hayden Christian shot we get in the show. And I thought it was a fun little like tease for us at the audience, knowing that, oh, he's going to be here at the end of this thing. Sorry. Uh, absolutely. That was great. That was awesome to see. At first, I didn't really notice it. I was like, oh, just someone in a robe. I don't know who that is. That's weird. And then I saw on the internet that like the zoomed-in picture. I was like, did I miss that? And I went back and I saw it. So uh, that was cool to see. And, um, you know, I got to say, back to what you were talking about with Reva, or Reva, rather. Reva just sounds so much better. But with Reva, I, I don't know if I was right, but I made that little prediction last year, that like, last week, that she's kind of obsessed with Vader and wants the promotion. And that's what they're, that's what it seems like so far. But I, to be honest with you, I like Pete's theory more than mine from yeah. last week. Even though I'm the one who said it, I like Pete's more. And uh, it looks like mine's as of right now, more right, even though I like Pete's more. There's but a, There's also hints of Pete's at the end of the episode. Yeah, there is. There is. There definitely is. I, I can I can easily see that coming to mind. What I'm thinking is my theory, which was that uh, Reva is just trying to get the promotion and, like, loves Vader and this and that. 
Yeah. It's like what they're trying to tease the audience with, but in reality, it's Pete's thing. But we will see. It will see. And then we do follow, we go back to Reva going back to the Inquisitor base. We, we do not have a body for the Grand Inquisitor coming back with us. So who knows? They're hiding that from us. But she goes in, she pulls rank on the other Inquisitors. He's like, hey, like, send the probes out. Like, I know where Obi-Wan is. I tracked this cargo ship he stowed away on. He's going to the planet Mapuzo. And the fifth brother is over there like, you know what? Like, that's my chair. It's not your chair. And she basically says, I talked to Vader. She basically pulls the I talked to dad card. And she sees that the fifth brother basically falls in line for the moment. But the rivalry continues here. These two, The fifth brother and Reva do not like each other, Pete. No, not at all. And, and the fifth brother is, is next in line, I'm assuming, right? I mean, he says it in the episode as well at some point. Um, I mean, that rivalry is going to be there. They're, 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 they're hunters, right? They, this is a sport for them, too, on top of being a job. So there's going to be competitiveness and there's going to be, hey, I want to be recognized. Um, I'm sure the fifth brother had no problem with the Grand Inquisitor being killed, quote unquote. I'm going to put that in quotes because we don't know if he's actually dead or not. But that rivalry was kind of set up in a way of fifth brother didn't believe in Reva. And now Reva's kind of leading the pack because Vader said, I want you to do it. But hey, there's a price, right? Reva was pretty much told if you don't do this, you're dead, right? I mean, that's it. So um, she sticks her neck out to try to do this and and we'll see. The other Inquisitors are going to probably make this a very hard time for Reva when it comes to trying to get Obi-Wan. And Nick, I, I'm, I'm sorry I forgot the big note here is that we got confirmation for the early episode that James Earl Jones is indeed back facing, voicing Darth Vader again. So we talked about theories, you know, like, is it a blend? Yeah, is it, is it sound we like? did. And I was on, I had said on this podcast in the past that I think it's a controversial point, but I always thought that James Earl Jones should no longer be the voice of Vader. I thought he sounded great. Yeah. But no issues at all. I think he sounded better than he did in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. I think he well, sounded fantastic. I'm sure, like, he's still got a great, he's still got the great pipes. They're down a little bit. I'm sure the audio editing probably helped a little bit, like, restore some of that, like, like oomph that's, to his voice. That's great news because if they can do that, then, you know, James Earl Jones is up there. Eventually he's going to pass. It's not probably, I hate to say this, but it's probably not going to be that long. Yeah. And when he does pass, it seems like they do have the technology to make Darth Vader a thing without him. Yeah, I'm sure we like they could probably do a sound like and blend somebody's voice with James Earl with James Earl Jones archival if they want to create that effect. Right. You could you like they did with I mean Peter Cushing sounded fantastic in Rogue One. Yeah. So you I mean I think he looked pretty good too. I know people will disagree with that, but he definitely sounded good. So that's something we can definitely look forward to. Pete, how excited were you when you heard uh Vader speak for the first time? He realized it was James Earl Jones again. I was super excited. I um He's like the rightful voice of Darth Vader, you know, like I, you can, you can copy it all you want and you can make it sound really well, you know, Rogue One again, sounded really, really well. Cause he's, he's not the voice in Rogue One, right? James Earl Jones. Uh, he uh, is. He is. Yes. Yeah, Rogue One. He didn't sound great. Or of the Sith, he didn't sound great, but then he comes back and sounds great now, which is odd. I thought it wasn't him because of the, the quality, but so I take that back. However, I, you know, to Nick's point too, like, yes, we have the technology to keep going on and on. I, after this series, I don't know how much more we can milk Darth Vader. I hate to be that guy, but we need to start in general. And this is a conversation for another day, too. Is start straying away from the original saga and let's start doing something before. Maybe we get a Darth Revan. Maybe we get other Sith Lords. We don't have to keep doing Darth Vader. So, you know, eventually, God forbid, when James Earl Jones does pass away and he can't use his voice anymore, I think you just put the character to bed. I don't yeah. think we need more Darth Vader. I hate to be that guy because I'm a huge Darth Vader fan, 
but I don't think it's a concern of Disney. I think after this, I don't know how much Darth Vader we're going to get, but he was great. He, he sounded fantastic. Don't tell Hayden Christensen that, Nick, because he said he wants a, Hayden, a uh, Darth Vader spinoff after the Obi-Wan show ends. Yeah, the spinoff of the entire saga that was his, <laughs> huh? But, I mean, I, be, I mean, be honest. If they announced the Darth Vader saga, or spinoff, rather, and it started, and then pick a random date, March 1st, 2023, would you tune in? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not against it. It's just, it. I, I would say put your resources towards doing something like a Darth Revan. Go, I agree. Back and start showing all that, you know, more history. But another another discussion for another day. Yeah, another discussion for another day here. And we see now so that we go back to Mapuxo. I'm never gonna play it right. I feel like I'm gonna say it like five different times. Things about Mapuzo actually. So we see Leia and Obi Wan trying to figure out what to do. Obi Wan's like, let's go walking. Leia flags down a transport there, and they get picked up by this alien guy named Freck, who is voiced by Zach Braff, Nick. Yeah, I knew it was an interesting voice. I, I actually, I don't know who that is. I'll be honest. He's 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 a JD on Scrubs. Okay, okay. Let's see if I know him from anything else, real quick. Give me three seconds. I'm going to scroll real quick. One, two, and three. All right, he's in Kingdom Hearts. Yep. Okay, but um, yeah, he was he was a funny character. He seemed really nice, right? I mean, he worked for the Empire. We learned in a second or. You know, but he was still a nice guy. Yeah. And uh, they ride with him. And, you know, he, he, he reminds me. I like seeing people like that. Cause it's I like when Obi-Wan was making the sashimi in the first episode. I like yeah. that stuff. It's like the regular citizens of this galaxy, not like everyone that we're no, used to seeing. Like, what does the regular citizen do day to day? It's just, he's like, yeah, I know these guys, stormtroopers. You know, I know them. I just, he just drive back and forth. Says, How you doing today? Like stuff yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Normal guy. Yeah, Pete, what'd you think of Zach Braff being the voice here? Yeah, I think it was fine. I think it was a uh, happy-go-lucky, you know, species that's like, yeah, the Empire is great. You know, someone that was on the side of the Empire that didn't mind that, that happened. And uh, it, it's a cool scene. I, I actually really enjoyed it. It might it might seem dry to the average Star Wars fan, maybe, but this was a very cool scene and a very anxiety-driven scene. I remember it was like, oh, crap. There's four stormtroopers just sitting next to and across of Obi Wan. Yeah, this probably nerve wracking as all hell. And the guy's just like driving along, like, "Yep, nothing, nothing wrong here. Just taking some people to the port." Yeah. You know. Yeah, he's in, he's in his uh, Mister Rogers movie. Another beautiful day in the neighborhood, right, Pete? Oh, hundred percent. It's dude, dude's just <laughs> like a happy. Look, he he didn't deserve what he got at the end, but like, it's just it's just funny. Yeah, it was just a a, a really good character for for what it was. Yeah, and Nick, we did he, we do see he always pick up the stormtroopers. And, and Obi-Wan's like, hey, can we kind of move it along here? We're in a hurry. He's like, no, don't worry. These guys are great. Like, I pick them up every, all the time. And he's like, where are you mm-hmm. going today? And then, like, see this conversation there. And then the Stormtrooper's like, oh, you know, we're actually looking for a Jedi. And he's like, they were interrogating Obi-Wan on his backstory. And he basically says that he and Leia are farmers from, Tal- from Tala, I think is the planet they came up with. And that they came to see family. And he says that, or Lula, as he's calling her, as his daughter. And he said, he slips up, calls her Leia. The Stormtrooper catches it. Oh, we want, as a quick catch. Like, oh, like, that was my wife's name. She, remind, like, she reminds her of her mother. That was a fun little, like, again, sort of build on last week where he reminds her of Padme a lot, Nick. Yeah, I think that was confirmation. If there was any doubt in anyone's mind, although here there was very little doubt. If there was anyone's doubt, if he was talking about Padme last week, that's I think that's confirmation. He was 100% talking about Padme, not, not Satine. Yeah, it was. And... Pete, I did like what came after this because after the stormtroopers basically said, hey, hey, you know, 
keep on the lookout. Like we're looking for the Jags. You find thing, you say something, say something basically. And then we get this conversation with Leia and Obi-Wan about family, about family or Leia basically asking, are you my dad? Because you seem to know that like, what my, who my real mom was. And he says, no. And we find out a little bit of backstory. Like he doesn't remember when he left his family. He remembers basically very little about like his mom, his dad. He thinks he had a brother here. I thought it was pretty cool. I also like my franchise, like tentacle things went off here. I'm like, they're going to introduce Obi-Wan's brother somewhere, aren't they, Pete? It's a possibility. I mean, you never think about the other Jedi and what they went through. We only see what Anakin goes through, right? Leaving his mother, who um, unfortunately was a slave um, back on Tatooine. And and you see that kind of angst and, and that, that heartache that happens. But you don't ever think, well, Qui-Gon Jinn had to do the same. You know, uh, Yoda had to do the same. Um, Mace Windu, you know, all these other Obi-Wan Kenobi, they all had to go through the same thing, but we don't really hear about it or talk about it that much because the, the saga is not about them. It's about Anakin Skywalker. Um, so it's, it's nice to see that they're tying everything together. And it's not just, well, this is the story about Anakin. That's it. Everyone else is like perfect and everything like that. Nick, what do you think about what we got from, from Obi-Wan about like what little he remembers of his family? But it was nice. I do think we might see his brother. I hope we don't. Seems like there's no reason for it. We might though. We might get to see this. We might get to see his brother. It's interesting though. Like Pete said, we always hear about Anakin and his backstory and see it or Luke and whatnot, but we never saw the backstory of Mace Windu. Like he was taken to be a Jedi, but like clearly has parents, right? Yep. I think that's actually a mistake on George Lucas's part that we never saw that because it made people under the impression that you need to be a Skywalker to be a Jedi. Like, that's, but that's not tr- every other Jedi ever wasn't a Skywalker. So, yeah, I think Tales of the Jedi might go a little bit towards fixing some of that as well. I mean, they know they said you're going to see the origins of Ahsoka in that series, in that series of shorts. So, like, you'll see. Yeah, Ahsoka. people are not happy about that. I don't know if you've heard that. Yeah, I, I heard a little bit. People are annoyed because. And I'm starting to get a little annoyed too. I like Ahsoka. We love Ahsoka. You know, I hated Ahsoka at the beginning of Clone Wars. She by season two was like, all right, she's okay. By season four, wow, she's pretty cool. And then by the end, like oh, she's awesome. But like, this is getting a little crazy now. Like every single show we have, we're getting Ahsoka down our throats. Yeah. She's in Mando, she's in Rebels, she's in Book of Boba Fett. She's gonna be and then we learn about this show where I'm like, wow, all right, we're gonna get the backstory of Kenobi or Mace Windu, and then I know we're gonna get like Dooku and uh Qui-Gon, but no, half the show's gonna be about Ahsoka. It's getting a little, it's it's a little much. Like, I know Filoni made a great character, but he seems to, like, really love shoving it down people's throats. <laughs> it's okay. I like yeah. Ahsoka. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah. like, you know, calm it down a bit. Yeah. Bit. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move forward here. I mean, we see they're riding with Freck a little more. They get to a checkpoint where the Stormtroopers are coming out, and Freck's like, don't worry, guys. I, this is just standard procedure. He walks out. He's like, hey, check the uh, cargo area. I don't trust these people. And then... Obi-Wan basically gets in a firefight to protect Leia. He kills a bunch of stormtroopers. Frex gets, I think he's dead in the crossfire of this. Obi-Wan gets through the gates. Another regiment comes up. We think he's going to get killed. Then the officers with them kills all the guards because, surprise, surprise, Pete, she, she's Hodge's contact. She's the one who Obi-Wan was going to pick up Obi-Wan. Yeah, and it's funny because Obi-Wan was not patient, and usually Jedi are patient, and he was always preaching patience, and he wasn't this time, and he missed the contact because... That contact was like, you weren't at the drop off point. I didn't know where you went. And they were like, oh, I no one was like, I didn't think you were coming. Um, remember, the probe came and that's what got Obi Wan triggered. Yeah. Happened, right? If it was just the clones uh, or the stormtroopers, excuse me, 
it might have been a different story. So that probe is key to this this uh, this uh, episode, especially later on. This is how they know Obi Wan is on this planet, um, Riva. So the probe comes and that happens. Great scene. I mean, it's a little out of the blue to have a M- imperial officer just. I'm going to help you, right? It, it's not out of the blue that that's a thing because we've seen it happen time and time again in Star Wars, but this was not really talked about in the show yet. And it's like, boom, Imperial officer, we have this kind of like underground safe haven to get you to places that you're going to be protected and stuff. We're going to take you, whatever. We'll get to that in a second. Um, it was cool to see. Um, a little abrupt, but still very nice. Yeah, and Nick, I think we get again, Obi-Wan's rusty. Like, he has been out of practice being a Jedi for 10 years. So we start, we've seen his first couple episodes. I think he, his reads are off. He He's off with the Force. His lightsaber usage is rusty. Like, he's he's off his game. Yeah, and it makes sense, too, because he had to be to protect the people around him, like Luke. You know? It makes perfect sense. Did you guys notice a little earlier in the episode when Leia's flagging down the ride, they're talking about um, Haja. Yeah. And she's like, and Kenobi's, or Obi-Wan, rather, is like, what if he lied? Yeah. Right. And then Leia was like, why would he lie? And then Obi-Wan just snapped at her because people do that. I thought it was so out of character and so strange. He just randomly screamed at Leia. And it wasn't like they were going back and forth for a while. And then he's like, all right, I had enough of this. They were just talking and he, he just screamed at her. It was really strange. Yeah. I feel like that was more of a situation of stress where like he's like, you know, all of a sudden he's just thrown completely out of his loop of like, work the meatpacking plan, check on Luke, go back and forth, so on and so forth. And I think, like, that sort of is, like, you know, like, this kid, like, is in for, like, a rude awakening when she, she gets old to see what the, how the galaxy really works. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the um, the contact, Haja's contact, that is, um, you know her name? I think it's it's Tala. No, 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 the actress. Oh, Indira Varma. Yes, she's a big, big character in Game of Thrones, if you ever get around to it, the, the either of you. Yeah. Either of you, but you know they they follow her. They get into town, and then what is that like? T- I guess it's town, right? Yeah, they, they go they go to like a village or some sort. She, yeah. bas- she basically says like we have a plan. You know, like we have this uh, set up here to like, go ahead and like get Jedi like out of this situation. And we find out that there is like a network that they call it the Path that they use to transport uh, either Jedi or like Force sensitive children so they'd be protected. And Obi-Wan shouts out a very interesting name, Nick. He says, Quinlan was here. So you want to educate the audience here who that Easter egg is in reference to. So Quinlan is a, it, it, it is a referring to Quinlan Voss, that is. Quinlan Voss is a Jedi master who lived during the days of the, uh, the Republic. Yeah. He was prominent, not really prominent, but he was in a few episodes of the Clone Wars. I think maybe like two. And he goes on in the future. He becomes a bigger character after the Clone Wars. He becomes a character after. Now, this is based on. Uh, There's a big graphic novel with him and Asajj Ventress. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, him and Asajj Ventress go their own way and take on a whole, you know, a whole thing. I don't know. He turns her good. She turns him bad. It's a whole. Rainbow. Like. Yeah, a whole crazy thing, but him and Asajj Ventress go on, and that's something that I feel like we're really robbed of seeing in live action. Because I feel like one of the characters that just got taken away from us was Ventress. Yes. And that would be something, like, I want to see more of Asajj Ventress, don't you? Yeah. Or a live action Ventress or something. We kind of just got taken away from it. That's something that I really hope that we get to see more of in the future. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll build on what you started here with the uh, please Quinlan Voss stuff because, like, first off, I'll mention here that he's a guy who was a random background character in Phantom Menace that you see him sitting like outside of Watto's shop or something like That's that. Right. And then they make him into a Jedi character in Clone Wars. He he shows up, Pete, when we and he we go hunting for Zero the Hut. That's remember that fun storyline. Try not to. Yeah. Yeah, so he's, like, dirty in that one. He's very quirky. And then, like, we basically find out, basically, like, that's always really see him in the show. But then, like, there's that whole eight-episode arc where, like, he and Ventress are sent by the Jedi Council to assassinate Count Dooku. And that's when he falls to the dark side. As- uh, Asajj Ventress brings him back and dies because the two of them basically fall in love with each other on the mission. It's supposed to, it was supposed to be eight episodes of Clone Wars season, but they didn't. Yeah, they that was cut, produced. right? And did not get produced. Yeah. Because it says he's only appeared in one episode of the, of the Clone Wars, actually. He was directly mentioned in one. He was in a vision in another and cut completely from another. So there were four episodes that involved him, but he only ended up in one of them. Yeah, the hut for zero. Like, that's the where, that's where he showed yeah, up in. Right. And he worked with Obi-Wan in that episode, which is also fun. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I like how Obi-Wan, like, recognizes the name immediately. Like, that's cool. Like, oh, Quinlan. Like, that's something, you know. Just yeah. wish we could see Ventress. I really do. I really do. Like, why can't we? Why can't? Wow. Maybe know. we can. Can we get her in Bad Batch? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I think it's past the point she dies, though. Oh, then, then we can. Yeah. Uh, Pete, do you think we'd see Quinlan Voss show up in this series now that he's been name dropped? Possibility. I, I really do. I just, you got three more episodes. So you have to do it tastefully. And the, the way, the reason why I say it that way is that we don't want to just throw cameos and people in there for the sake of doing it. I think if you have a lot more story to tell, which I believe they do in three episodes, um, you don't need that kind of cameo, but, but maybe this is going to be a, a unexpected uh, ally that would, that will help maybe in the last two episodes. Yeah, you could see because I think Nick, if I'm, I'm going to double check the uh, wiki page for the show. I believe there are a few actors who have not appeared yet who have unnamed characters in this show. So it wouldn't surprise you if we're going down the path here. It sounds like that Tala is our as our character who's going to guide us through the path here. That maybe one of these unnamed actors who's not have a uncredited role at this point could be Quinlan Voss. Could be. I mean, they're only going to give someone credit on that, like it is a character if they're in a decent amount of stuff, right? Yeah, because I see. I look like at, you're just in one scene as a little cameo. You're not going to get a credit, right? Yeah, because I'm looking here according to the Wikipedia for the thing. I think two, there are three actors that have not been appeared yet. They're in on they were cast in undisclosed roles. Are O'Shea Jackson Jr., Maya Erskine, and Rory Ross. So it's possible that one of the two uh, guys is Quinlan Boss. Let's let's see. Yeah, we'll see. Let's see that one. Now we'll go back to our main storyline here. We learn about the path. There's a lot of fun, and then we see that the stormtroopers basically show up. This loader droid gets them to basically just ignores them, and they walk away from finding their back room as they're leaving. We see all of a sudden. I think this is brilliant staging, Pete. That all of a sudden it's dark outside as hell. The stormtroopers are rounding up. The inquisitors are showed up, and Vader is here. And Vader is pissed, Pete. Yeah, one hundred percent. Great entrance to Vader. Um, I also really liked Obi Wan's reaction, sensing Vader. Yeah, it's weird that we didn't see that force sense when the inquisitors show um, in the first episode, um, right after we have that argument with Uncle O. 
not to say that the Inquisitors would not, not to say the Inquisitors would would raise such a reaction as Vader does, and I understand why that reaction is key, and I think this was perfect reaction to it. I just wish there might have been a little bit more force, re, you know, force sensitive reaction. Maybe while talking to Uncle Obi, like, "Hey, something's coming. Get the hell out of here," you know. Yeah. And then stuck in the in the courtyard. Um, you know, we're seemed we're made to believe as we see in this episode that Obi-Wan has been off his weird that. Well, actually maybe it's not weird, but I think it's weird that there's such a strong reaction with Anakin shows up, which as I'm saying it, it makes sense that there's such a strong reaction, but there was zero reaction when the inquisitors were coming to town. Yeah. Nick, I think it's more of a sense. Like he has a person, such a deep personal connection with Anakin that he can sense him just from being near him. Whereas. Like, oh yeah. That's he- what I think. hundred percent. Whereas the Inquisitors, he's probably met them like maybe like twice in their lives if they were just random Jedi prior to this. That's how I took it, hundred percent. You know, as soon as as soon as Vader sort of shows up, it's it's like it's the same as in A New Hope when 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 Vader's like, I said something, a presence I haven't felt. Like he knows they they can feel each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, they they can. And I do think also like we talked about for a while on this podcast. I think we talked about Rogue One, like how awesome it is that. Vader comes up and is a badass in Rogue One, where he's basically just t- kicking ass and taking names. You see him here when he's walking through town, like he's using the force to snap a guy's neck. He's killing people. He's dragging people through the streets. He's trying to like draw Obi Wan out. And Nick, like you I mean, he has like no mercy, and you can tell how far gone Anakin is at this point. Yep, uh, there's no conflict in him at all, which is something that come that brings me brings. Brings me to my only gripe with this episode, which is at the end of the episode. But you need to remember what I'm saying right now for me to get there later. And that is, there's no conflict in him right now. And that's very clear. It is very clear. Pete, what did you think of Vader's entrance in terms of like, I just him basically like using the force to uh, murder people? Fantastic. I mean, it's not fantastic seeing characters get murdered, but um, it was a fantastic entrance. I mean, this is the Vader I've been waiting for. And we see Vader a lot. I feel like we don't really see on screen how powerful and how much he really doesn't give a shit, right? I bleep it out if you need to, but he really doesn't care. He's just like, I'm going to do whatever the hell it takes because I want to kill Obi-Wan. That's it. Or I'm going to do whatever it takes because I want to uh, put a point across, you know, episode in episode four, whatever it was when he chokes that guy out. So we see like the true power of Vader. And I feel like we have, we, there's more to come in the episode, but I feel like we have much more to come in the series of that. Absolutely. And Obi-Wan decides this moment, this is the point where I think he, Tala, and Leia are about to go down the tunnel to go meet the pilot and fly off the planet. He's like, you know what? Tala, take Leia, go down and meet the pilot. It's like, I'll be, I'll be right behind you. He decides, I'm going to go distract Vader, save some of these things, and see him be a little heroic. And then we get this confrontation, the first uh, round between Vader and Obi-Wan, I thought this, he had this great line here where Obi-Wan asked him, what have, what have you become? And then Vader says, I am what you made me, which I think is going to be the iconic line of this episode, Pete. I think it just confirms my theory that Obi-Wan's the reason why Anakin becomes Darth Vader. I, you know, it, I was, I, a big smile came to my face when that happened. And it, it, I'm still smiling because I was like, you know, I've been watching these movies and I really keep blaming Obi-Wan for what has become of, of Anakin. And he's really the real reason why this is a problem. And then he literally comes out and says it. You're the problem. You made me this way, bud. So deal with it. Um, so it was a it was a very validating moment for me. I was like, yes, I got maybe a little bit right, but it was cool. And you're right. It's definitely going to be one of the defining moments of the series. Nick, what would you think of that line? Great. 
nothing nothing negative about it at all. It sounds like something Vader would say. It sounds like something Anakin would say. It just it fits. It works. Uh, awesome line. And then, you know, it seems funny. He like he ignites his lightsaber, and then Obi Wan just runs away. And then Vader's like, "Oh, we got to do this now." And he's like, <laughs> "I got to go chase him." You know? Yeah. It's a lot. But, of uh, and then, then we finally get to see them fight. Yeah, I did love also like the choice to like again as I said before like we see basically the entire episode is is in daylight on this planet until Vader shows up. That's complete darkness, and then they're fighting in a desert, and we have all these horror vibes, Pete, where, like, Obi-Wan's looking around, you don't know where he is, all of a sudden you see, he hears, last second he senses Vader behind him, you see the lightsaber light up, like, that kind of stuff was a lot of fun. 100%, and I, and I love that they portrayed the lack of confidence in Obi-Wan. I think that's going to be key moving forward um, in the series, and I, I think he gets that confidence back toward the end, I think we have an epic battle, um, but... I, I really like that they're showing how out of touch Obi-Wan is with the force and comes to his training because that character development moving forward within the series, if I'm right, where we do have this, this uh, epiphany of Obi-Wan where he, he gets back his powers or he feels better and he, or he's, he, he becomes one with the force again. Um, I think it's going to be great character development. And I love that they do that. Yeah. And Nick basically look at it this way here. Like we see this fight happen and Vader basically, throws Obi-Wan around like a rag doll. Like he knocks a lightsaber out of his hands. He's like levitating in the air. And then this is probably like the most badass Vader moment of the, of the episode is like when the stormtroopers show up, he basically uses his lightsaber to light the ground on fire. Cause he knocked down some oil cannons and starts dragging Obi-Wan with the force through the fire saying, you know what? Like this is what you did to me. You should have killed me. Now you're going to feel the pain I felt. So I thought that was again, epic villainy, villainy from uh, Darth Vader. Yeah. And Vader kicks his ass. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. No doubt about it. But have you seen Rocky, Mike? Yes. You've seen all the Rocky movies. Yeah. Pete, have you seen the Rocky movies? I only saw the first one. Okay. Well, Rocky three, this is exactly Rocky three. He gets his ass kicked in the beginning of the movie. He has to go and train through the whole, for the, for the big finale. And then the big finale happens. That's, you know, this is exactly Rocky three right there. This is, I guess he, he doesn't have the, the fight. He doesn't have the eye of the tiger. He doesn't have the fight in him and he, and it, and it shows and he gets his ass kicked because of that. So to make this comparison clear, you are saying right now that Darth Vader is clubber Lang and he is basically, mm-hmm. he's Mr. T. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Obi-Wan Kenobi is Sylvester Stallone. So is Quinlan Voss going to be our uh, Apollo Creed of this, of this series? Yes. He's going to train him. Yeah. No, I don't know if it'll be Quinn Lavoss, but someone's <laughs> going to have to wake him up. I think it's Qui-Gon, to be honest with you, but someone's going to have to wake him up and be like, hey, you know, you are a Jedi, or maybe Yoda. You know, it could be Yoda. Undead Mace Windu? Maybe. We could see Yoda still, just for like a scene. Yeah, maybe, they, maybe they communicate with each other telepathically or something. Yoda does seem to show up when people need him the most. Or... Like Luke, like Luke did in, in, in The Last Jedi. Right. Or we take a trip to Dogaba real quick. We could, we could. I, I actually, I said I have one gripe with this episode. I have two, okay. I have two, and they're both in the last like minute. <laughs> yeah, so we'll work out to those minutes. Yeah, like Pete, what'd you think of the torture scene where he basically just starts dragging Obi Wan through the fire? Such a powerful scene. Such a powerful scene. Again, showing how powerful and nonchalant Darth Vader is. He's not even trying. Yeah, and he's still powerful. Um. And, you know, I was talking to my friend Angelo, so shout out to him, Angelo Kosfos, who's who listens to the podcast, and he said, you know, Vader could have killed Obi-Wan right there, um, and he believes he chose not to, just instill that fear in him, because he's not, 
in a rush to get him because he knows he'll get Obi-Wan. And I agree with him 100%. It was a great point to make. And don't think for a second that Vader couldn't just end Obi-Wan right then and there. Yeah, he, uh, he wants Obi-Wan yeah. to suffer because he because of what he did to him on Musafar. thousand percent. I mean, granted, Vader's ultimate goal is to end Obi-Wan, but I don't think he's in any rush. Yeah, I don't think he is either. And while this is going on here, I mentioned an important point in terms of what's going on here. Leia and Tala are going down the tunnel and Tala, Leia worries about Obi-Wan. She's like, what's going to happen to him? And Tala's like, he'll be fine. He's like, no, he won't. It's like, you go back, get him. I'll go ahead and go meet the pilot there. So Leia sends Tala back. Tala ends up going on top of a hill to basically top of sand dune to see what's happening there. And she gets a couple of shots. I'll kill a couple of stormtroopers. And Vader's plot is foiled because once again, he let a character get the high ground, Nick. Hmm. Yeah, that is where my gripe of the episode comes in. <laughs> Obi-Wan gets away, right? I know he wants him to suffer, but you have him right there and right there. You're not letting him get away. You're going to walk around the fire. You're going to jump over the fire. You're not letting him get away. He let him get away. He was a little too timid at the end there, and it's because they need to have three more episodes of the show, but he should not have let him get away or at least tried to get him back, and he just kind of stands there like, all right, you win this battle. Like, no, you finally found him. It's been 10 years. You're killing random civilians because of how badly you want to get to him. There's no conflict right now. You want him dead, and he's right there, and you're letting him get away because of fire. I understand the idea behind it is that he probably has a fear of fire because of what happened. I get that. But you can just go around it. Or when the fire is over, you can just run to where he went. He can't get that far. Yeah, I mean, we saw him being picked up and carried by the loader droid P, who is not moving very fast. So unless there's another secret tunnel we're not aware of here, they couldn't have gotten that far. That's my only one of two only gripes for this episode. Yeah, I mean, uh, like Nick said, there, there's no way that Vader, I, I think it's a choice. And who knows, maybe Vader will speak upon that choice later in the show. Maybe he'll, maybe that'll be explained, right? It's a gripe right now, but then he's like, listen, I didn't kill you because X, Y, and Z. Maybe you see a little bit of compl- conflict in Vader later in this series, and that's why he doesn't just go ahead and do it with the rage that he has. But I, I don't know. I, I, uh, you know, I agree with Nick, but I also agree with my friend Angelo where it's like, okay, maybe maybe this is all planned or maybe he's just being patient and he's just like, I'm taking what my master taught me. Um, maybe the emperor has also taught him patience a little bit more than than he used to uh, to have more, a little more patience than he used to have because we know he wasn't a patient character when he was younger. So maybe he's just saying, all right, I made him suffer a little bit. I'll let him be afraid that I'm out there looking for him and he has to watch over his shoulder and then I'll get him when he least expects it or something. I don't know. So I agree with your friend Angelo during the fight because he has him where he wants him. He's not going anywhere. I'm going to make this, you know, I'm going to have fun with this. I'm going to make him suffer this and that. I get that 100%. I agree. But when he gets to the point when it's he's getting away, then I'm thinking, oh, I got to go get him. He could, you know, it took me 10 years to find him. It might take me another year, 10 years to find him, which we learned eventually. I know they're going to meet up in a couple days in this storyline. And probably not again for another 10 years, right? And a new hope. Yeah. So that ends up being the case. But if you tell me that there is conflict within Vader and we learn that throughout the show, you're once again undermining Luke's accomplishment in the original trilogy, which was showing Vader that there was a conflict in him. And I hope that doesn't happen because that seems like that's what Luke's arc was, was showing Vader that there was there was still good in Vader, but he didn't know it. Yeah. And yet he didn't know it yet. And he learns it because of Luke. 
Yeah, I think that's an interesting point here. In terms of the getaway vehicle here, I wonder maybe Vader is also thinking, you know, like, like Obi-Wan has help, like maybe there's a network of Jedi I could find. Maybe, what if he's taking bigger picture there, maybe? Maybe that's possible as well. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, what'd you say? I said, I wonder maybe Vader is thinking in the moment, like, you know, like Obi-Wan, he thought maybe Obi-Wan's by himself, and all of a sudden he sees he's getting help. It's like, hmm, maybe there's like a network of Jedi out there I can kill a bunch of them in one shot and let Obi-Wan lead me to them. Possibly. That's something we can learn. That's fine. That'd be no that'd be no issue with that at all. Yeah. So that's a, that's my theory. Maybe he thinks that there's like oh he's gonna figure out who's helping Obi Wan and just can't get everybody the next time he sees them. That's completely possible. I would be have no problem with that at all. Absolutely. And then we, the last moment of the episode here is not this because we see that Tala and the and the loader droid grab Obi Wan. He's badly burned, but he's alive. Leia gets down the tunnel, and we find out that Reva, meanwhile, did find the way the tunnels were. She used her smarts to figure it out. She's beaten Leia down the tunnel somehow killed the pilot and now is basically waiting to grab leia here so this i think might be your other plot hole like adjacent nick like how did reva beat leia down the tunnel without leia knowing that's not my gripe because the, i think the tunnel may have two paths yeah my gripe is she clearly is taking leia right yes i know leia might try to get away but she's not getting away reva's gonna get her my gripe is the whole show was just rescuing leia for the first two episodes and now we're gonna do it again so he, he, she's going to take him somewhere or take her somewhere, right? Yeah. Let's just say the same planet for argument's sake. What, what was it called? Day episode you. two? The you. And Obi-Wan is going to go back there now in episode four, and we're going to do the same thing over, and then we're going to run into Haja again? Well, I mean, we got to pay Camille on Johnny, so maybe he's there. I don't. I just don't want that to... I, I thought Leia... I think Leia's character served its purpose. It gave Obi-Wan a reason to leave and a reason for the Inquisitors to be on him. And I think the Leia thing should be over now. And I say that for two reasons. One, because I, I think that that's how the story should go. And two, because I don't want Pete getting more points in the draft. <laughs> but I do mean that, though, in that I think it's time. I think her, her character served its purpose, where it got Obi-Wan noticed by the Inquisitors and off Tatooine, away from Luke. So now it's... I just feel like we're going to have another two episodes now of saving Leia, but there's really no point of it. Yeah, Pete, do you see a way this, that this is, this is not just... And that we're going backwards and going back down the same storyline we already did? Oh, I I can see it where episode four Leia is in it, but Obi Wan is not going to get her back. He's trying to figure out where she is, maybe getting some training, um, and hiding or whatever. Um, and we get like a back and forth, a split between where Leia is currently and where Obi Wan's currently. I think maybe if they want to do it, Obi Wan does get Leia back to Bail and his wife in episode five, and then in six he says, "I can't run anymore. I have to I have to face this and try to end it." And that's what six is, episode six. I feel like that would be a good mix. Granted, it is five episodes, but at least only three, excuse me, only episode two. Yeah, only three of them. Episode two, three, and five would be actually rescuing Leia. The others would be setting up or or whatever. So I uh, I feel like that might be the way they could do it, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know how, where, where they're going to go. And I got to be honest with you, when... <laughs> when and I don't, I'm not a Han Solo expert, but when the, the, the contact said we have a pilot that's willing to smuggle you off the earth, I'm like, oh my God, tell me this is not Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> I also don't enjoy it, this, like the Leia thing again, because to me, some people disagree. I think the majority of people agree. It's very clear to me that in A New Hope, when Leia's message to Obi-Wan that she puts in R2, it's very clear to me that she's implying that she's never met Obi-Wan before. 
And if it was just for a day, fine. But now you're telling me not only did he rescue her, they traveled to another planet together, they got captured again, and then he rescued her again? She would have to know exactly who he is and not be like, you served my father in the Clone Wars. He'd be like, you helped me nine years ago, remember? Yeah. Mm. She knows him as Ben. ben. Yes, yeah, so I was about to say that because she's she calling him. Yep. So she's so saying she doesn't know he's a Jedi. She doesn't no, know he's a, he's a different person. It thinks it might be like Ben Kenobi's separate guy from who she's trying to contact. She only said, I'm a friend of your father. Right. Okay. So it could be that they, I think they saved themselves on that and said, okay, Leia knows him as Ben and he is a Jedi. Great that Obi Wan Kenobi, you can kind of get, but like if if my father said this is Ben, and then you have to contact Obi Wan Kenobi, I'm thinking they're two different people. Does she know Ben Kenobi, or does she know Obi Wan well, Kenobi? She also don't forget this this line episode also helped us out too because Obi Wan says I think I had a brother, so maybe she remembers this as a kid and says Oh, I'm talking to that nice guy's brother. He's gonna help me out. She does say. So she makes it very clear that she does not know who Obi-Wan Kenobi is in the hologram. But then when Luke rescues her um, on the Death Star, he says, I'm here with Ben Kenobi. And she freaks out and goes, Ben Kenobi? So yeah. if she knows her him as I, Ben Kenobi, not Obi-Wan, that does make sense. Yeah, because she does, you're right. She does like go up and down. When he says Ben Kenobi's here. And it is ridiculous to me that they wouldn't put two and two together like old Ben and Obi-Wan. But Luke didn't put two and two together either. No. So it's not that far-fetched of a thing. Yes, I think we solved that plot hole, at least. But yeah, that, that, that's that's very that's very comforting. I did not think of that. Is that... So she, you're she, sure about this? She only knows him as... Does she know Kenobi or just Ben? Does she, she know him, Ben Kenobi or Ben? She knows him as Ben right now. Not even Kenobi? No, just, he said, just call me Ben. I believe... Okay. It's because to, because uh, in this episode... Ben going to be like he, she references him as Ben. I don't think she would reference him as Ben if she knows him as Obi Wan. But my question is, does she know the Kenobi part? Not yet, I don't think. Okay, then then it's really. I mean, even if she did, because Luke did, and Luke didn't put two together. So if she just knows him as Ben, no issues at all, at all. All right, so that's where we're going to leave the episode here. So now we're going to have some fun. We're going to do all of our shenanigans in between episodes here. I'm going to start off here. We're going to update the character draft. I'm going to go ahead and throw this up here in just a second because my Zoom went behind it. So I'm going to go ahead and share our screen here. So Pete is now in the lead because Leia has picked up three points so far in the show. Uh, Nick's still on two with Qui-Gon and Bale from the first episode. I have my one with R2-D2. And Pete, on that point in episode appearance from Leia, if anybody else on his team shows up, he's going to run away with this. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping. I mean, this, this was a, a, hopefully a smart pick for me. So I'm hoping that Leia against Nick's, against Nick's wishes about the storyline. I hope Leia shows up in every episode so I can win this day. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what's to come. I was like, I think we're gonna end up at a final store, final score. Pete will have six. I will have four, four, possibly five. I'll have two. All from the same characters that I have, and you're going to have two. Yeah, because I think R2's going to show up again. And R2's going to show up in a way that it's actually noticeable for 99.9% .9 <laughs> of the audience. Because it took me so many times to find him, and I've and everything I've seen online is, set, is like, because you're right, it is him. There's no way it's not. But everyone's like, 3PO shows up, but R2 doesn't. Yeah, but he's there. But he is there. He is there. It's just hard to notice him. Yeah, because they made C3 a, a very clear to do that. And they credit Anthony Daniels in the credits also. 
But I really believe, I'm going to go on a limb and say this, I really believe that every single character that we have on this board that does not have a number next to its name, which is Palpatine, Bo-Katan, Cal Kestis, Boba Fett, Hera, Ahsoka, Cad Bane, and Captain Rex will not show up. Yeah, I think, I think we will only be adding to the ones we have already. I think the only one who might show up is Palpatine. That would be cool. I think he's the only one who might show up and hasn't gotten a point yet. Maybe he has a hologram or something, like a little, little I, Skype message. I thought that guy in the robe that Obi-Wan saw was Palpatine just by the way he was holding his arms up. Yeah. That yeah. was very Palpatine-esque. That's why so you're like... Was it nobody? Was it a vision? It was a vision of Anakin. So, is, so there was no one there? No, it was Anakin. a vision. Looking at it, I thought it was Palpatine. Yeah, if you look at the screen right close up, you can tell it's Hayden Christensen. They like really like grade him up in the vision. Okay, I'll, I'll have to look that up because the way he's holding his hands is very like Palpatine esque and like that. Anakin doesn't walk like that. So I, I have to I have to take a look at that screen grab. If you can send it to me uh, after the show or something, just so I could see it, so I can zoom in, I would really appreciate it because I really really want to see that. Yeah, I'm gonna try and look for it a second here. Like uh, Nick, any other thoughts on the character draft? Like because I feel like this is also one where I think. You set yourself up for failure because you took Bale in the very next pick, Pete Leia. Maybe. Maybe. I thought Bale was, Bale was going to show off, show up off-world, not on Alderaan. Alderaan was the last thing I expected to see, to be honest with you. Yeah. All right, so I did get the uh, screen grant here. This is from Screen Rant. So this is the – they did blow up the shot a little bit. So this is who they saw, who we saw in the vision. Okay, his arms is crossed. I, I remembered it. Okay. Yeah, because it's, like, it's clearly Hayden Christensen. It's just a matter of, like, they just, like, really, like, gave him, like, the pale skin that they can look like he's dark-sided. Right, right, right. I thought his hands were more, so so I was wrong even about the hand posture. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wish I could claim a point for spotting that during the episode and help myself in the character draft, but I can't. Hmm. Help you out, man. Uh, you you should be like, yeah, it was definitely him point. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't even help me. It would help Nick. Oh, true, true. So so never mind. It wasn't Palpatine. It never was. It never is. All right. Let's go now to the MVP. Actually, before we get to the MVPs and LEPs, we got to do our tracker that I forgot last week. So to start off here, the Hondo tracker, 18 total appearances. I do not think we're updating this here, Nick. Oh, I, I would be very much surprised if we did not update it next week. I think Hondo will appear. You're confident in Hondo being in the, in the on the path. Seriously, no. <laughs> joke, absolutely. All right, so we'll, okay, we'll leave that one in live just in case. Our live-action cameos are up to seven now because we have Leia three times, then we have the Bale, Qui-Gon, R2-D2, C-3PO's from the premiere. So seven total live-action cameos, Pete. I like it. I like it a lot. Anime cameos. This one might stay at zero because if we do get Quinlan Vos, Quinlan Vos technically appear in The Phantom Menace first, so this might be a dud. Let me do some research. I think there's a chance if I go back and I do some research that we're going to find a background character who was a background character in this and make this total one. I think. I will let you know. All right. You will look into that. By the time the finale rolls around, you will have clarification on that. So Yeah. All right. The Inquisitors. We have seen four of them so far. Our, our dead grand Inquisitor, uh, Reva, the fifth brother, and the fourth sister. We're unclear if we get any more at this point, Pete. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like this is probably the most we need. I don't think we need more Inquisitors unless it's something epic at the end. Um, really hoping for Cal Kestis, though. Really hoping for it. 
Yeah, and Nick, in terms of the Inquisitor base, does it feel weird that the big council only two of them are sitting in there? Yeah, it looked like there were a couple empty chairs, right? Yeah. Well, the big the big chair was empty because Grand Inquisitor is dead. Yeah, I don't know what the. That's weird. That like, I mean, we're confident on what's going to happen with that, but it's just kind of weird now, right? Yeah, and Pete, have you seen the movie Deadpool? I have. This reminds me a lot of when Deadpool shows to the X Men to the uh, X to the uh, X Mansion. He's like, "How come you two are the only guys who are ever here at this mansion?" It just feel like that. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I think it's maybe foreshadowing that there's a lot more Inquisitors that we're going to meet again. Maybe possibly at the end. Maybe there's something in the last episode where like all the Inquisitors are around and Darth Vader as well. Like it might be something crazy like that. But um, possible foreshadowing and also maybe just making sure that everything is is. Uh, you know, up to continuity standards, right? There's X amount of inquisitors. There's X amount of seats at the table. Yeah. So Nick, I like one thing I really like about this episode is when Leia said something about, I thought the empire is supposed to protect us. Yeah. And then Obi-Wan said, well, they're not doing a very good job or something like that. And he goes, some people like your father are trying. It shows that like, this is before, I'm sure there is some sort of rebellion at this point, but it's when instead of rebelling against the empire and trying to hate them or try to fight them, it's when people involved in the empire like Bale are trying to make it a better place. They're trying to say, all right, we lost the Jedi guy, but we can still make the world enjoyable to live in instead of rebelling and doing nothing for the rest of our lives. And that's a very interesting thing that we've gotten in this time period. Yeah. I'm also going to bring up here. This is the podcast that comes to now. We've gotten Rob's to Rocky three and Deadpool in the star Wars podcast. Yeah. I mean, this isn't just screams Rocky three. Yeah. All right, so this was a Rocky Three moment here. In terms of Jedi, we still have just one. We have Nari from the premiere, so maybe Quinlan Voss is the guy to add to this counter, Nick. Mm, maybe Quinlan Voss. I could see Yoda. Would Qui-Gon count? Does he count? I mean, we need to add points to the track. I think we can count Qui-Gon if he shows, if he shows up as a force ghost. Does he count already, though, because he showed up? He, he was in a flash. He was in, like, a dream. He didn't actually appear, though. Yeah, okay. Fine. Fair, fair. Yeah. Um, I guess... Uh, we could see Qui-Gon, we could see Yoda, we could see Quinlan Voss. Another random really character. They Maybe another random person. I, I would be a little upset if there's another random character. It means another Jedi survived Order 66 to be a little, you know, we're, get, we're, get, we're starting to get a little crazy with that number. Well, I mean, they did now attempt to explain how some of the Jedi are surviving with this path thing. Yeah, that's true. All right. Classic lines. I'm putting one on the board here. So he got a Wilhelm scream out the stormtrooper when he when he gets shot off the top of the building. So I'm gonna get, get count that as a win for us, Pete. Is that when he gets cut in half? No, the one where Obi Wan shoots him, he falls off the building. And then doesn't does he fall through the? Yeah, he goes ah. He does the Wilhelm does scream. It... Am I? Am I? Okay. Pete, did you did it, you also caught the Wilhelm scream, right? Oh, I did. Yeah. So that's a classic Star Wars. I gotta count that. It's fair. One more I want to suggest here. Should we start a tracker on how many different planets we go to? Because remember, we compl- our big plan Definitely. of Boba Fett was he never left Tatooine for like a vast majority of the show. So if we Definitely. And I think we should do this in future shows too. Yeah, so to keep track, so far we have been to six planets. We have been to Tatooine, really? Alderaan, Deyu, Mustafar, because uh, Vader was there, Mapuzo, and wherever the Inquisitor base was, that's his own planet. That's right. Yeah, six. Wow. And it's talk about a seventh next week, based on what... Uh, Tala was saying to Obi-Wan and Leia. Yeah. Possibly eight if they take Leia somewhere else. So they're probably going to take Leia to the Inquisitor base. Yeah. So we have six planets so far. That's cool. And we can track as these shows go who visits the most planets on these shows. Yeah. 
All right, so that's our trackers here. Now we're going to get to the MVP, LVP section here where we discuss who are the best and worst characters from the episode. I have started to update the Obi-Wan board, so here's what we got going on here. Obi-Wan Kenobi, our leader at plus three. Then a trio at plus one, Bail Organa, Uncle Owen, and Haja. Leia's cousin, thanks to me, he's on the board negative one. Reva is negative two. And the Flea Gang bring up the rear at negative three. So that's how we're starting here today. So let's go ahead now. I'm going to go to, we'll go to, see who I have here first. Let's go back to Pete first. So who is your MVP of the episode? Um, For me, and I'm going to be the, the stereotypical because it's cool, Darth Vader. Um, MVP because we finally get that that huge introduction. We see a lot of Vader's suit, how it works. We see his power, his raw power that we haven't seen in a while. And I just also don't think there was any characters that were really, really worthy of an MVP that they they did the right thing the whole show. There was there was a lot of characters that did the wrong thing, not by acting wise, but by just storyline wise. I was just like, okay. So I'm going to give the MVP to Darth Vader. Uh, Nick, who's your MVP? Also, um, Darth. Um, it's cool to say that we can give Darth Vader an MVP in a Star Wars live action show 2022. I checked the year. 2022. You know, that's awesome. He did a great job. I had a little bit of a gripe of what happened at the end of the episode, but I understand that's because there's more episodes that's going to kill Obi-Wan Kenobi. That would ruin the story. You know, what would be worse? If Vader let Obi-Wan escape or if Vader killed Obi-Wan in the show? If he killed him, because then we have to have some ridiculous then, resurrection. Then something wouldn't make sense. So yeah. it's okay. Yeah. I'm going to give an MVP point to Tala here because I was going to give her, give it to Leia until she was stupid and got herself caught at the end of the episode by, by Reva. So Tala did a good job here. I mean, she saves Obi-Wan's bacon twice. Because she rescued him from the drop point and she's helping out with the path. She goes and saves him by using the high ground. So I'm giving Tala a point. I have to say I disagree. But it's your it's your MVP point. Why do you disagree with Tala? Is Obi-Wan, first of all, I'm gonna get to my LVP in a minute, but Obi-Wan literally leaves Leia when her his mission was to protect the boy, and now his mission is to protect the girl. He says, I gotta deal with this instead of running away, which the 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 obvious answer is Run away. <laughs> get to the ship. Get Leia off the planet. Get Leia out of this. He says, no, I'm going to I'm gonna run away from you guys, and I'm going to go head-to-head with Darth Vader, pretty much, when you know you don't have the confidence to do it, and then tells uh, Tala, is her yeah, name? Tala, yeah. Uh, Promise me you'll get her safe, and she lets a 10-year-old talk her into going to help Obi-Wan and leaving her alone. I, I'm sorry. I... <laughs> That's why I don't think she's an MVP. Yes, she's helping, but like literally let a 10-year-old talk her into leaving her alone when she's the VIP. She is the person you have to get off the planet. I will say to that point, though, my counter is this. is like, at this point, they have no reason to believe they're being followed. I think Obi-Wan's being a distraction. So she's saying, well, I'm going to let the kid run down and meet the pilot at the end of the tunnel. He's literally, he's really, at the pilot's really at the right end of the tunnel when this thing starts. It's fair. I mean, that's definitely fair. However, if you know stuff's going on outside, Anything is possible, in my opinion. But more about a show about space and lightsabers and stuff. So I, I'm, I'm not going to criticize it too much. But I just I, I don't think she did the right thing, especially when she promised Obi Wan I will get her there safe. All right, let's go the other way. Uh, LVP, Nick, do you want to go first here? Nope, I do not. 
Uh, Simple as that. I don't want to go first. Pete, you want to cancel out my towel and give her the LVP? No, I actually want to give the LVP to Obi-Wan. And I, and I hate to be that guy because I, I love Obi-Wan's character, but he slips up with the stormtroopers and almost gets them pretty much captured right then and there. Um, he did protect uh, Leia from the drone and stuff, but from the probe and stuff. But if that officer was a bad guy or a, a bad woman and, and wanted to capture them, they're done. Uh, he leaves Leia with someone he just met when his main mission is to protect the girl and to get her off. And he has the balls to say, I'm going to go face Anakin or Darth Vader. And I haven't used the force and I haven't done anything in 10 freaking years. So I, I love the character, but an LVP point. This, this, uh, this character gets the LVP point. This episode, very impulsive decision-making. I mean, Nick, do you want, do you want to go last on this one? Or do you want to go now? I'll go now. Um, deciding between two. The one that I will go with is also Obi-Wan, and it's for the same reasons. It's, you know, his mission was to protect a boy. Now he's not. He's protecting the girl. His mission was to protect the girl. Now he's not. He's going after Darth Vader. And and I and they're all for good reason. I mean, he, he, the reason he doesn't protect the boy is because he needs to protect the girl. The reason he doesn't protect the girl is because he's kind of protecting the girl. Because if he gets rid of Vader, the girl's protected. I get it. But he's just very impulsive decision making, and um, yeah. The other person I was deciding with, I'll hold off until you say yours. Yeah, I have two on toss in between. Like, I I figured you guys were going to ding Kenobi, so I was not going to go there to, to give us a little variety on this one. I think I'm going to go with the fifth brother here because he comes off for an Inquisitor, very, 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 very whiny. Because I mean, all he talks about is you know, like I should have that chair. And, like, why not listen to you? Like, in terms of, like, you know what? Like, if you're supposed to be a badass, you're supposed to be next in line, like, be a dark side guy and, like, demonstrate your dominance that claim that seat. Not just, you know, slink down because uh, Rhea says, oh, I talked to Dad. Dad says I'm in charge. Like, that really sort of bothered me with him because I feel like I have lost a lot of respect for a fifth brother. I definitely think he sounds cool. He sounds cool, but the, what, the words he's saying are kind of lame. Yeah. Who was the other one you were deciding between? Freck. So I, 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 he's cool. I like him. My other one I was deciding with was um, the one I was deciding was Leia. Yeah. Because it's just like at the end of the day, why are we in this mess? Because she can't sit still. Yeah. Fair. That's all. I thought she had a very good episode until the tunnel. That's why I didn't give her the put her in the LEP consideration. And it's just her, her being a kid. So I don't want to knock her because it's just being a kid. Like yeah. any 10 year old is going to do that. Like, I don't, that's why I can't knock her. That's why I ultimately went with Kenobi, but you know, I, I doubt, I really, really, really doubt this is the next time that, excuse me. I, I really, really doubt we see Kenobi on this list again. On the LEP side. Yeah. Yeah. I really thought about Freck was just because I, I was just thinking of the fact that, you know, like, when the firefight breaks out, like he's stupid enough to get him not just immediately run in his in his uh, bus for shelter, he lets himself get mowed down by like in the crossfire. I mean, he's not trained. 
right? But like the first thing should be go hide somewhere where there's cover, not like stand there and let yourself get grabbed as a hostage. All right, so that's that's the MVP LVP here. Episode rankings here. Uh, Pete, episode grade for you. I will have to give this one an 8.5. What did I get the last one? Seven? You gave it a seven, the last one. I give this one an 8.5. Um, the reason why I'm giving 8.5 is, well, actually, you know what? I may have to give it a nine because I think the, the only thing that would be better is an actual good fight between Obi-Wan and, and Vader. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to rank it up high as nine. The characters made some stupid decisions, but it's also probably part and parcel of having three more episodes and needing some sort of story. Yeah. So I'll give it a nine. I give it an eight because I feel like it was a little slower until Vader shows. And when Vader shows up, it really shoots up a cliff of excitement level. So I think I got to dock it a little for the slow start by giving it an eight. I still think it's a very strong episode overall. It's fair. Nick, you're up. I will be giving the episode a nine. I agree with Pete that I think the only way it could have been better is if they had a nice fight at the end. And I'm really, I really hope when they do have their fight, you know, I'm assuming, I'm assuming it'll be the last episode, right? Yeah, I was assume so. It's possible it could be the fifth one, but it'll probably be the last one. I'm assuming when they have that fight, I, I really, really, really hope people disagree with this. People thought it was crazy over the top, whatever. The choreography of the lightsaber duels in the prequels. I want that style again. I don't want the sequel fight that we seem to have gotten in this one a little bit. I know Kenobi was basically on the floor the whole time, but I really hope that we get a fight using the, the choreography of the prequels with the crazy flips and lightsaber stuff. And you know what? I highly doubt it. You're, I really do. You're preparing to be disappointed, basically. For that, yeah, I, I still think it'll be a great duel. I still think it'll be awesome, but I, I really hope we get some Like the Kenobi-Anakin duel in Render the Sith, I know it's over the top, but it's awesome with the flips and all that. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, it is. And we'll leave the grades here again. We're not going to reveal those until the end of the show. So we get more act. So we're not biasing our opinions based on how we did each episode. So last part here, part four predictions. I will go first here based on what we saw today. I'm going to assume that Reva does grab Leia and Reva basically takes her. She's gone for the episode. And then Obi-Wan is going to have to go on to do a little detective work on this planet trying to figure out where she went. So I'm going to say we're going to get Detective Obi-Wan this episode. Uh, Pete, you want to go your prediction? Oh, I agree with you. I think Detective Obi-Wan, but also he's going to meet an ally um, who is going to help him get back into being one with the Force. So he meets a Jedi. Yep. Or like a Jedi-adjacent character. I agree. Uh, Nick, your prediction. I think, uh, first off, I agree. Reva will grab, uh, or excuse me, Reva will grab Leia. Um, and Obi-Wan, but then I had a little bit of a mixture here with what Pete's saying. I think Reva will grab Leia, and Obi-Wan will need to find out a way to get her, but I believe Obi-Wan is going to need some sort of help in terms, not, not in terms of... Uh, People, I mean, in terms of health, I think Obi-Wan is going to go into a Bacta tank or something like that to heal himself. And in that, we'll get some flashbacks, I think. So you're calling this the flashback episode? 
I think we're going to get some flashbacks, Obi-Wan healing and seeing, and then a lot of Reva and Leia interactions. And I really hope we don't get a Vader Leia interaction. That would be unbelievably terrible, but well, I, guess it's, I guess it's not the end of the world, right? Well, I mean, he, he, at this point, he just thinks she's Bail Organa's daughter. Yeah, he does know her in A New Hope, so I, I guess it's not the end of the world at all, actually, if they have an interaction. It, it just, it, you just, you know what I'm trying to get at. If he knows the fact that, if he knows that he has children, this show is a complete flop. If yeah. that, if that turns out to be the case, if he knows, if at the end of the show, he knows that Luke and or Leia exist and that they're on Tatooine and Obi, or that Obi-Wan is on Tatooine, the show's a flop. 100%. Yeah. Regardless of how cool it is and anything, if any of that stuff comes out, the show failed. So, the risk. But is- I think I think we're going to see some flashbacks. I think we're going to see him doing a little bit of training, maybe with Qui-Gon or Yoda or Quinlan Boss, whatever. And I think Reva will grab, excuse me, Reva will grab Leia and we will see their interactions on, I'm assuming, the Inquisitor base. Yeah. I will say also the one problem I can also see with the if Vader, like, has an interaction with young Leia here, is, like, if she's acting a lot like Padme, that would be a problem, because then he could say, like, why does she remind me of my wife so much? Yeah. Fair. Alright, I think that's a good place to leave it here for the week. I well, thank you guys for coming on. I really appreciate it. Pete, Pete, while following social media, with some of the stuff you're doing, how can they do that? At PJCastory29 on Twitter. Uh, Rangers in the Eastern Conference Finals right now. They're playing tonight, 8 p.m. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah, and you got good good talking on the regular on the main podcast. Talk about the Rangers getting ready for that yesterday. You know, it was a fun time. I enjoyed it very much. It's a good podcast. Definitely go uh, go watch that episode. Explain something to me as a non hockey person. Aren't the Lightning awesome? Lightning are awesome. They. Then uh, why are we home game one to be better than the regular season? We were second seed and they were the third seed in their division. Oh. So we did finish higher than in the regular season. They had the same or number if- of points in the regular season. Oh, okay. Okay tiebreaker somewhere that we beat beat them in the tiebreaker but we did have the same amount of points in the season okay so it's more or less the same record wise it's just tiebreaker yes because the Rangers were the second seed in their bracket and the, the, the lightning were the third seed in theirs so i think that was the tiebreaker all right well let's let's see what happens and nick how can people follow you in the social media if they want to keep up what you're doing at nick fry underscore nine retweeting all this stuff and random stuff i guess that i see interesting mostly just this stuff though yeah and as we're speaking i just retweeted something from here so go check it out absolutely go check it out and i will say also nick is not gonna be with us the next two weeks because he's getting married over the weekends he's on his honeymoon so we're gonna have some fill-ins nick looking forward to getting you back with finale so you, cause i'm sure you have a lot of energy pent up with your three episodes that takes at that point yeah, definitely. Um, based on the time zone difference of where I'm going to be, which is essentially the Middle East, um, I'm probably not going to be able to watch the episodes before you guys record. But it, if I do, I'll try to reach out to you and say, hey, I watched it. Did you watch it yet? I'm sh- and or did you record yet? And if you said no, I'll leave you some thoughts. But I, the chances are it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen. And right now, P, we I think we could I could safely announce who our guest is going to be next week and joining you and me. It's uh, the great Alex Fasano is coming on the on the third Sky Guy next week to join us to break down part four. Bring out Faz. Yeah, we're. I'm excited. Yeah, Faz, big Star Wars guy. I reached out to him. He is in, he is excited to be doing this podcast with us. So he will be on next week to fill Nick's chair here. So you are asking. I don't know how much of an expert Faz is on the animated stuff, but like. 
I'm sure between the three of us, we'll piece together if any big references come up. We will. We will try our best. Uh, it's gonna Nick not having Nick on on these next two weeks is gonna be a, a big hit, but we'll uh, we'll get through it, and we'll, we'll text him for some for some uh, answers. I'm sure if he's available. Yeah, I don't even I don't even know how the phone service works over there. I have no idea. It might be a Facebook message thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. I guess if I have Wi-Fi, it works out, right? Yeah, but if you have Wi-Fi, we can make Facebook messages or something like that. Can't text if I have Wi-Fi? You can. I don't know how it works though, overseas, like if there's any like differences with that. Phone is I iMessage. We're all doing still, by the way. For anyone that wants to know, if you're doing iMessage to iMessage, it just uses internet. So if you're on Wi-Fi, you're good. All right. We'll see how that goes here. You can follow me, follow me on Twitter, mphilips331. That's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. You're following the Just and the Suffering Feast, the third podcast of the week. We did the Summer Pop Culture pick, pop culture Pickoff, first batch of Stranger Things for episodes one to four, Santa Rosa, John Stanko's Summer Movie Preview. They did some NBA, NHL stuff. Nick did NBA Finals Preview, Martino Puccio. We did it. Pete was on for the hockey. And now this one's coming out. So three episodes in the main feed this week. So you're welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for coming on here. Until next week, may the force be with you.